Well, my friends, would you please take your Bibles now in preparation for the message and turn, turn, please, in your Bibles, all right, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. As you're turning there, I want to share a little experience that we had with our family. We, sh we shared with you how recently our daughter Amy and her husband, Pastor Yanni, announced that they were expecting their second child. And their first child is a little boy whose name is Yanni and is now four years old. I realize, of course, that some of you know this, but others of you, I tell it because um, you, 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 know, you wouldn't know necessarily. Well, when, uh, when Yanni's parents told him that he was going to have a baby sister, he told his mother that he was disappointed. <laughs> he was disappointed because he wanted a baby brother instead. Well, just yesterday, all of our family members, including four-year-old Yanni, learned that Yanni's uncle Jeremy and uh, Auntie Kirby are going to have a baby boy. They're gonna have a baby boy who will be a little brother to sister Everly. Interestingly enough, last night, our daughter Amy sent the family a little note. She sent a little note to our phones last night saying this. She says, Yanni just asked if we can trade babies <laughs> so Everly can have a sister and he a brother. <laughs> and then my daughter added a note, dot, dot, dot. Doesn't work that way, dude. <laughs> uh, isn't it wonderful to have fun with these little kids, whether they're your children or, or mine? I have a lot of fun with the little ones here in our church as well. Amen. All right. We are in the time of year on the Christian calendar known as Lent. Lent began, as we have indicated in the bulletin, on Wednesday, March 6, on what is known as Ash Wednesday. The name Ash Wednesday developed from the fact that many years ago, in some churches, people who truly sought repentance for their sins were sprinkled, sprinkled on their foreheads with ashes on that day. Ashes symbolize repentance and sorrow and regret for our sins that we have committed. Lent is the period of 40 weekdays from, from Ash Wednesday to Easter, observed in Christian churches by fasting, and expressing sorrow for our sins. And this year, as most of you probably know, uh, Easter will be on Sunday, April the 21st. Lent also commemorates 
Jesus' fasting in the wilderness. The bottom line is that Lent is really a time of seeking, seeking to grow spiritually and seeking to please the Lord by what we do and by what we do not do. Ultimately, our desire during Lent is to really examine. It's a time to examine our level of commitment to Jesus and to draw closer to the Lord. And that is our wish and our prayer for all of us in these days ahead. One particular individual whose actions ought to cause us to examine our own level of commitment to Jesus, one individual is Judas. Now let's read a part of the story of what Judas did. For instance, in Matthew 26, verse 14 to 16, it says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Then chapter 26 goes on to tell us about the Last Supper, uh, Jesus' prediction of Peter's denial. It tells us of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then while Jesus is in Gethsemane speaking, let's see what happened, continuing on at verse 47 in Matthew 26. So beginning at verse 47, we read, And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had, they had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come to do. Go ahead and do what you have come to do. Beloved, our theme today is Lent is a time leading up to Easter, leading up to Easter to examine our level of commitment to Jesus. And this truth of the need to examine our level of commitment to Jesus comes out of the actions, the actions and the behavior of, of, of Judas. Look again at verse 14, all right? Look again at verse 14. Read it out loud with me from the big screen. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples. That phrase, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, has always been a very painful statement for me to read. You've probably heard me say this before. And that phrase is very painful for me because when it says Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, I'm inclined to think, and probably you're inclined to think, 
I'm inclined to think that I'm about to read about a man who was very highly committed to Jesus. Isn't that right? Yet, in the very next verse, verse 15, Judas says to the leading priest, read it with me, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. Now, please keep in mind that the Jewish authorities had been looking for a way to find a way to arrest Jesus without provoking a riot. Jesus had come to be very highly loved and respected by the people for his compassion, love, and miracles. The Jewish authorities had been afraid that if they had arrested Jesus publicly, perhaps hundreds or thousands of people would run to his defense, creating a riot. Now that Judas, one of the 12, was willing to betray Jesus, which meant he was willing to tell the Jewish authorities where he could be secretly found, the Jewish authorities felt that they would be able to arrest Jesus without causing a major disturbance, a major problem, a major riot in Jerusalem. And the bottom line is this. Judas's actions caused me to ask this question. He was supposed to be one of the 12. But how committed was he really to Jesus? How committed was Judas? The actions of Judas should cause, should cause you and me to examine our own level of commitment to our Lord Jesus. And I ask us, to reflect, to think. For instance, on a scale of, of zero to 10, with 10 being highly committed to Jesus, where would you place yourself? Where would you place yourself in your level of commitment to our Lord Jesus? Where do you stand? As we look ahead to Easter on Sunday, April 21, I want you to pray, and I want all of us to pray and say, Lord, Lord, I want, I want to move up. I want to move up one or two or three notches in my commitment level to Jesus. I want to move up in my commitment level to you, dear Lord. Now, some of you are probably wondering, why? Why did Judas betray Jesus? Can what we learn from him help you and me to grow in our level of commitment to Jesus? And I do believe that what we learn or can learn from Judas can assist you and me in our spiritual pilgrimage. Here are a few possible or, or probable reasons why Judas betrayed Jesus. I've spoken about these on various occasions across the years. But here's one reason. Reason number one, personal gain, perhaps. Personal gain. Matthew 26, verse 15 tells us that the authorities gave Judas 30 pieces of silver. 
Unfortunately, Judas was a man who too often was out for personal gain. He was always out looking for how he could make a buck or more. In fact, in fact, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 6 says, he, Judas, was a thief. <laughs> it literally says, Judas was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. That's what it says. Did Judas betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, that is, for personal gain? You decide. Think about it. And you decide if perhaps that's one of the reasons why he betrayed Jesus. And by the way, 30 pieces of silver was about half a year's wages for an average person. If you were to uh, look to the various Bible commentators and scholars you were to do substantial reading, as I did, on this question of 30 pieces of silver, you would actually find a lot of different responses, and, um, and you would say, wow, after all this reading, I'm not sure exactly what 30 pieces of silver really is. I came to the conclusion that, on average, for most people in that first century, 30 pieces of silver was most likely, and like, about a half a year's wage for the average person. My friends, there will be times when you and I might be tempted to betray Jesus for personal gain. Follow me on this. For instance, a few years ago, we showed a, a powerful film called Courageous here in church. I think we showed it on, on a New Year's Eve. So we showed this film called Courageous. In one of the scenes, one of the Christian lead characters is at his workplace when the boss calls him into the office. The boss tells him that he wants to offer him a, a supervisory or, or a managerial position, but the boss tells him that if he, the boss, tells him to record tells him to record that, for example, only, only 12 skids of product arrived, when in reality, 14 skids of product arrived. The boss wanted him to record only 12 skids, that only 12 skids arrived instead of the actual 14. In other words, in other words, uh, he was being told that sometimes he was going to have to be dishonest in order to get the promotion. That's what he's been told. The boss told him to, uh, to think about the job offer and to give him an answer the next day. The Christian uh, worker went home that day. He went home very burdened about what to do. He discussed the promotion possibility with his well-meaning wife, who basically said to him, honey, you deserve the promotion. She said, honey, our money problems will be solved if you take this managerial job. And besides, besides, if your boss is telling you to do something, 
then you are just being cooperative with your boss. You, you really wouldn't be doing any, anything wrong. Spouses, don't mislead your spouse in ways like that. Okay? Well, the next day arrived. Some of you might remember this scene in the movie. The next day arrived, and the question was, would he betray Jesus with his decision for personal gain, or would he honor the Lord with his decision? What is he going to do? Well, he went to his boss's office and said, where, when, uh, when and where the, the boss said to him, well, are you going to take the promotion or not? This worker looked at his boss and said, sir, I am sorry. I cannot accept the promotion. You see, if there are 14 skids of product that come in, then I must record and report 14, and not just 12. His boss, his boss got so excited as he shouted out, you've got the job, you've got the job, said the boss. And the worker at first was just kind of shocked and, and totally surprised. And it, it took him a while to figure out, to figure out what happened. It took him a while to figure out that his boss had actually tested his honesty. That's what he did. And I think in the movie they mentioned how they went through six or more candidates before they found someone that they could trust, someone that would be honest. My friends, there might be times when you and I are tempted to, to betray Jesus for personal gain just as that man was tempted. Instead, make a choice or a decision which will honor and please the Lord. Amen? Are you with me on this? Right? And the final outcome might not always be a happy ending as it was for the worker in the movie, but at least you will know that you did not betray our Lord Jesus. Right? In the process, you will also grow. You will grow in your level of commitment to Jesus. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? All right. Here's a second possible reason why Judas betrayed Jesus. Reason number two. Failure of Jesus to fulfill Judas's expectations. In Jesus' day, the Romans had political control over Palestine, over what we call the Holy Land. There were many Jews who longed to be free from Roman rule. It was, uh, it was a major issue for a lot of the people in uh, in that area, many of the Jews felt strongly. In fact, in fact, there were extreme nationalists who were prepared to go to any lengths of violence and murder to drive out the Romans from Palestine. 
these nationalists were called the Sicarii, S-I-C-A-R-I-I, meaning the dagger bearers because they followed a deliberate policy of assassination, sadly. It could be, it could be that secretly Judas had been one of the, those extreme nationalists who had looked upon Jesus as a divinely sent leader who with his miraculous powers could lead a great rebellion against the Roman armies, against the Roman government. Uh, Dr. William Barclay brilliantly says this. He says, he, Judas, may have seen that Jesus had deliberately taken another way, the way that led to the cross. And in his bitter disappointment, Judas's devotion may have turned first to disillusionment and then to a hatred which drove him to seek the death of the man from whom he had expected so much. Dr. Barclay goes on and says, Judas may have hated Jesus because he was not the Christ he wished him to be. He was not the Christ that Judas wished him to be. Now stick with me, stick with me, and you'll get a better grip on this, I believe. What this second possible reason for Judas betraying Jesus boils down to is this. Failure of Jesus to fulfill Judas's expectations. Are you with me now? All right? Was this a possible reason? Was this a possible reason why Judas betrayed Jesus? You think about it. And you decide. Sometimes what might appear to be the failure of Jesus to fulfill your expectations or mine could tempt us to betray Jesus. For example, for example, perhaps you, you have been praying about a specific issue for months or years, and many years. You have been expecting Jesus to answer your prayer, but as yet there does not appear to be an answer. And you say to yourself, you say to yourself, well, what's, what's the point? What's the point of worshiping Jesus? It appears to me that he's not, he's not even listening. Or perhaps you've been expecting Jesus to make your life healthy and wealthy, but you're going through a lot of unwanted, un, unwanted, undeserved suffering and pain. And it's possible for a person to be tempted to say, what's the point of serving Jesus? And I say to us, I say to you, don't betray Jesus because your expectations haven't yet been fulfilled. Don't betray him. Don't abandon him. For he loves you, and he has not forgotten you. Amen? The Lord Jesus loves you, and he has not forgotten you. Recently, I had the privilege of spending a few hours with a very special couple, Errol and Bernadette. Many of you here know them and love them. Both of them have a very tough time getting around these days because of their health needs. By the way, I want to encourage you to keep phoning them and, and 
ask if you can drop over and visit and have some wonderful time with them. They'd be delighted to see you. But um, they're having a, a tough time, as many of you know. About 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, Bernadette started to experience a very strange illness. Until then, Bernadette had been a, a very healthy and active woman in every respect, at her job and in church and outside of church. And it took a long time for doctors to diagnose her complicated illness. While visiting with Errol and Bernadette, Bernadette, Bernadette said very slowly because she has to think carefully about formulating every word. Now, I'm just going to say this quickly, but she said, she said, Pastor Nick, most people with my illness live only three to five years. I have survived 10 years. And she gave a big smile. Isn't that wonderful? The highlight, the highlight of my visit with them was when I said, I, I, I was, how can I put this? I was almost, um, I was almost afraid to ask this question, but I thought, you know, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it anyway. And the highlight of my visit was when I said, Bernadette, how has your terrible illness affected your faith? And because of the illness, she very slowly and, and carefully said to me, she said, Pastor Nick, I have grown so much closer to the Lord. That's what she said. That was the highlight of my time with them. Many, many of us here have often prayed for Bernadette's healing and for Errol's. And we don't, we don't really know why the Lord has not, not healed her and him yet. We don't know why. At the same time, she is an example of how when you persevere, when you persevere in faith through times when your expectations are not fulfilled, your commitment level to Jesus rises. Did you get that? Your commitment level to Jesus rises. And I say, Lord, let it happen. Let it happen in each of our lives. Let it happen, Lord. Let our commitment level rise in each of us. There's a third reason why Judas possibly betrayed Jesus, and it is this, here it is, reason number three, reason number three. Judas may have intended to force Jesus to become the great political leader he wanted Jesus to be. It is very possible that Judas never intended for Jesus to die, it's possible. He, uh, he saw in Jesus the divine leader. 
He may have betrayed Jesus with the intention of putting him in a position where Jesus would, would have to show, would have to show his, his miraculous powers by freeing himself from the Jewish authorities and leading the Jews into victory against the Roman government. Some of the Bible scholars say this is possibly exactly what, what Judas was hoping to accomplish, intending to do. In some ways, this third reason as to why Judas maybe betrayed Jesus, this third reason, some say, best suits all the facts. It also explains why, why Judas committed suicide when his plan went wrong when he saw that Jesus was not rising to the occasion to become a great military leader and uh, conquer and be victorious over the Roman armies. My friends, this third reason can be a reminder to all of us. Stick with me on this. It can be a reminder to all of us to be careful not to try to force Jesus to become someone he does not intend to be in your life and mine. Amen? Sometimes people want to make Jesus almost into a, a type of um, Santa Claus. All right? Sometimes people want to make Jesus into a type of Santa Claus, someone that you expect to fulfill your wish list. And, that, and when that wish list isn't fulfilled, then some people wander away. They wander away from Jesus just as did Judas. Jesus never intends to be our personal Santa Claus. He wants to be our personal Savior, the one who saves us from the consequences of our sins. Is Jesus your personal Savior? That's the question. Let's go to point B. Other people want to make Jesus their, quote, lucky charm. Lucky charm, and when things aren't going their way, they're inclined to throw Jesus out of their lives, just as sometimes people throw out a lucky charm when they feel like, oh, this thing's no good anymore. My friends, Jesus never intends to be your lucky charm. He wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to be the manager of your life. He wants to be the CEO of your life. And so the question is, is Jesus Lord of your life? Is he the chief executive officer of your life? Amen? Let's go to C. Other people want to make Jesus the one, the one who gives them the winning edge, the winning edge as we might put it. Sometimes after a big professional sporting game, an excited, well-meaning player, well-meaning player will say something like, we won, we won, we won the championship because Jesus helped us. And that's good. And I'm happy to see them praise the Lord for their championship. But when I hear that, I also want to chuckle, and I want to say to the athlete, 
I hope you will still praise Jesus even when you lose. <laughs> even when you lose. Serve Jesus not because he can give you the winning edge. Serve Jesus just because of who he is, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Are you serving Jesus because he can give you the winning edge? Or just because of who he is and he is worthy? Listen to these powerful words from this outstanding Bible scholar. He says, the tragedy of Judas is that he refused to accept Jesus as he was and tried to make him what he wanted him to be. Then he says, it is not Jesus who can be changed by us. You see it on the screen? It is not Jesus who can be changed by us, but we who must be changed by Jesus. Amen? We can never use, he says, we can never use him for our purposes. We must submit to be used for his purposes. And the tragedy of Judas is that of a man who thought he knew better than God. My friends, this season of Lent is a time leading up to Easter to examine our level of commitment to Jesus. And I say to all of us, to all of us across the sanctuary on the main level, to you, dear friends, up in the balcony, and I say to our radio listeners and internet listeners, would you, would all of us in this season of Lent cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I want this to be a time of spiritual growth, a time of drawing closer to you, Lord, a time of, of growing in my commitment to Jesus and of honoring you, Lord, and pleasing you. Would you make it so? To our baptismal candidates in this service and in the service later in the day, we rejoice in the fact that at some point, as your T-shirt says, I have decided, I have decided, you have decided to follow Jesus. Keep following him. Well, my sister, come stand for a moment so they can see. So yeah, come, come here. Yes. Yes. Come on up, hon. Yes, that's what the T-shirt says. I have decided. Amen. We thank the Lord that you have decided to follow Jesus. And may you continue to have a desire to grow in your relationship, to, to, to just grow in your level of commitment to Jesus. May that be the desire of all of our hearts. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what we learned from Judas, a very sad story, but so much to be learned from him. And we thank you, O oh God, for all in, the, in this 
congregation here who have indeed decided to follow Jesus and our friends who are being baptized today who have chosen to give their hearts, their lives to Jesus. And we pray, oh God, that in these weeks ahead, all of us will continue to have a longing to grow in our relationship with you, to grow in our commitment to Jesus, to grow onto higher ground. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.